in a universe where life does not end at death. We explore the infinite possibilities forged by our very minds. Welcome to our Thedian Anthologies. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the Arthadian Anthologies podcast, where I, MS Arthadian, dive into the ever-expanding universe I'm developing and the deeper meaning behind it all. We come back to Deacon Tremere and his assigned directive on the world of Cravion Three. In this entry... Deacon meets the pillar of renowned scientist from Bacroniex and goes on his first expedition to the surface of Cravion 3. All this after he recovered from the strange threshold everyone has passed through on the way to the hollowed interior. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Another three marks pass, with the Vicronix team led by the renowned scientist that goes by T.L. being delayed in his arrival. This gives you, Deacon Tremere, time to heal up from your temporary paralysis, and time to examine the objects excavated from the surface of Crivion Three. What you find is extraordinary. Exactly as you thought, but so much more. The objects from Cravion have systems of electrical synapses that make up their structures. Currents of electricity flowing through them that cause their makeup to vibrate at frequencies that commune to other objects across the spectrum. From what the team has in the research lab, the objects in question are the following. Crav or if you would like to write this down, there's probably some stuff that you might want to know. <laughs> Crav or is a rock and stone-like material said to have been mined from the Sevtech tunnels. This ore has yet to be forged into a weapon, specifically because there isn't a melting point for it. However, upon sending electric like electric currents through it. The other objects it communes with glow a silver aura that causes the others to harden. So, whenever whenever you put any kind of electricity inside a, an ore of like Crivion ore, um, they it causes all the other ones to kind of begin to glow like the silver. There's this silver aura, and then they they all begin to harden, like solidify harder. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's what ore, the core, the ore is, like, there's also flora, 
Um, it's a flower that glistens with red, blue, and green auras, and it's impervious to extreme heats and colds. It is a life form that feeds off of electrosynthesis. With any objects commun- uh, uh, communing, helping it to grow, basically. Whenever, whenever a um, like, if you put a, if you put energy into the ore and it communicates with a, f- a flower, then it's going to help it grow. Okay. Um, so responds to electrical charge. Yeah. How, however, with an electric current outside of the Cravion Three ecosystem. The flower rap- grows rapidly to a to a point of extreme deterioration, and this communi- this communicates to the other cra- uh, crab objects extreme entropy until they turn to dust, uh, which is also another thing. It's crab dust, dust, dust formed from an entropic state of a crab object. Entropic states happen when electric currents from outside the Cravion Three strike a, a flora. Or and and it's also assumed a fauna as well. So like any kind of leaves or plants, plant life found on Cravion Three, uh, if there is an electric current that flows through it, that is outside of the the actual system, then it will it will cause an entropic state to occur and then turn it to dust. Um, and also fauna. Fauna is like is like plants, like like bushes. Flora, flora is is flowers. Like flora and fauna are, are kind of like the, the same thing. Pretty sure fauna is is not animal life. Is it animal life? Go ahead, check it. <laughs> I gotta double check. <laughs> Use cases. Animals of a particular region, habitat, or gene. Oh. So flora would be life. Well, fauna, fauna, it is assumed for fauna as well. You haven't gotten any fauna here into the laboratory. Use cases for the dust have yet to be established. Uh, as the dust has an a quantum ent- entropy has quantum entropy, meaning it eventually dissipates until it is non-existent. The time span being between twenty-four to one hundred forty-four hours. So within a week, it's time the dust will also dissipate and disappear, completely non-existent. And it's hard to find a use case when you don't know when it's going to basically vanish. But potential use cases could be like maybe heightening like abilities with with the plasmatic arts and stuff. It's just and also and also weapon weapons too. There's also the Crav Dial, which is a tool that uh, was found on the surface that seems to connect to larger structures such as the obelisk and pillars. Um, these dials have three settings to them with symbols that are in a type of Psyox text that is still being translated. However, when using one on an, on an obelisk, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to do anything. You also have a crab obelisk inside the laboratory. A, uh, it's a medium-sized structure that fluctuates colors between green, yellow, and orange. 
when electric currents are flowing through it.、Um, when communing with other objects, other crab objects, or like any object in, in general, each object seems to choose a color, and and depending on which color it emanates, determines its function. Green. Any object with green aura begins to have the same makeup as the flora.、Uh, yellow. Any object with yellow aura excretes radiation that causes any object other than a, cra- a cravion one to reach an extreme entropic state.、Uh, meaning, if you like put a like, put your codex next to it, it will en- end up disintegrating the, the codex. Uh, if a cravion object touches a yellow aura, then it also turns yellow. So, the more yellow you have around, you don't want to have anything around to touch it,、um, which、itself. makes it very hard to study because you'd have to have like actual objects to be able to study them, like have objects from the surface.、Um, and then there's orange. The orange aura. Any object with the orange aura becomes extremely flexible, and turns any any object other than a cravion one into an obelisk. So you put a, a codex next to it, it will turn it into an obelisk. Or if you tur- if you put your gun next to it, it'll turn it into an obelisk. So, an yeah, obelisk. At, as in like this this like a, a crab obelisk, which. Does these do does these multiple things,、um, and then also, if a cravion o- object touches an orange aura, it turns to orange and becomes one with the original object. So if if one has an orange aura, let's say you have like a brick or something, and it has an orange aura, and it touches another another brick, it then becomes a larger brick. Or if you touch it to a like, so the matter becomes flexible. Yeah, and, and then yeah. Okay. As you are studying this, studying all of these over the course of these three marks, you hear over in the corner. Deacon. You see Invaz step out of his of his office. Seems like、uh, the team from Vicroniax will be landing shortly. Would you like to accompany me in greeting them? Sure, Invaz. Let me、uh, finish what I'm doing here. Then I'll meet you. He nods, and then you see him <laughs> the door. <laughs> Closes. He goes in. Locks his office. Begins to walk over. You then see Afenra comes over to you. He's like, "You're gonna get to meet、um, uh, apparently one of the head scientists in the pillars." Does he know yet of any discoveries that have been made? I'm sure you. Maybe you're probably going to be the one who has to explain to him what, what's going on, but or maybe Invaz might. I, who knows? And she kind of like pats you on the shoulder and like, "Good luck." And she goes and walks off. As she walks off, 
you stand up, kind of get everything situated, and you have the dial there, trying to understand like you you see the the systems are kind of plugged in to the actual dial, the crab dial, and it's still translating what kind of symbol it is. Um, but as you as you stand up and you and you see it, the loading bar still taking its time. You begin to walk over to where Inva's headed. You see the door kind of opens up and you're kind of limping a little bit. It's still, your body's still aching a little bit, but you have, you have definitely healed up mostly. As you reach through this, uh, this hallway that kind of leads down, you, you see just the multicolored, landscape all around you uh basically 360 degrees everywhere um but as you walk down this hall and you see Invaz is standing there at the end of the hall he looks over and you see he's he's on his codex and he looks over he's like hey um when we go through here it's gonna be an airlock and then we're gonna end up lifting up a few floors to greet them. Since you never came through here when <laughs> you were unconscious. And the door opens up and you see a lift as you step inside. And the lift begins to go up about maybe like 50 floors or so. As it goes up, you see all the different levels of this laboratory and you've only seen one level so far you're curious about the others there's a uh, many floors already you guys uh, constructed this quick uh, quick you say this took about a decade to build With no knowledge leaked? I, I can imagine that wasn't easy. And no, not, not at all, actually. We made sure to keep it well under wraps, and we even made sure not to leak it to any of the other Rin colonies. The only, people, the only people that know about this are the ones that are invited here. Well, the importance is high, so I can, I can see why it stayed classified for so long. Mm-hmm. And as the, the lift continues to move upward, I'd like you to roll me a perception check. Reroll that. Fifteen. Fifteen. As you look around and it's rather quiet, and Vaz seems to be have his arms crossed. You look around and you, you're like it's basically all plexiglass. So you can like see through every, everything, but like it's super thick glass. You notice a flicker of light from down on the surface that seems to kind of arc through through the air. For a moment, and then all of a sudden, 
it almost looks like a full-on wave of of different rays of light going through all of the all of the objects down on the ground and the ray of light is like this blue it's like thick bluish purple aura as it kind of rays across the across the landscape and then it stops and then everything goes back to normal there was no effect other than the visual other than the visual that's all you see but it, it caught your attention because you know like when you're if 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 you see like a like a, sh- a shooting star or, some, or something going through the the sky moving like really fast it, if it felt like that like you your eyes kind of got attention to it but finally the lift stops and then it opens up and you see a platform that has a ship landing and as it lands you see it opens up in front of you both oh perfect timing they're here and as you go up there you see the same plasmatic knights from before step out and three figures from behind the plasmatic knights appear. You see a Kron who has his hands behind his back. His hair is this, um, it almost look like, looks like this, like black hair, but you see lines of white go, going straight through it all the way down um, into what looks like a, a, a bun at, at the back. And his eyes are these are just completely bright white and he seems to be walking with a little bit of a hunch and he has he's probably about five 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 or so he's pretty short not not very big um behind that is another cron who had seems to have these what looks like these sharp sharp metallic spikes going across his for, going across his head completely bald except for these spikes and each spike is is like they're they're sharp and it it looks like um kind of like like a zabrak from from uh Star Wars and stuff but he it it's 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 metal and he is a cron and he's he has this kind of like a scruffy a scruffy beard that is this or orangish color color and his eyes are these are like these like spectacles that kind of zoom in and then zoom out on you and he he's he has his hands cr- like cross and he's about like six foot two or so um so he's tall compared to this guy who he's walking behind and then you see a a sin frame which is like a a standard sin but his uh his entire frame is is completely coated in this um this darkened reddish 
reddish paint coat. And you see a little bit of flames coming off of it. And he he walks down as well. And Invaz walks up. The world-renowned, well, core of a renowned TL. Pleasure to meet you. And he goes and reaches out his hand to the small one. And he, you see, he shakes his hand. It is a pleasure to meet you as well. I have heard much about this system, and I am looking very much forward to the the discoveries that shall be made. Uh, allow me to introduce. This is Marmaduke eighteen, and he motions to the crown that is towering above him, and then, and this is Reggie twelve. They will be my assistants throughout this, and. He looks over to you. Like this here is one of the head lead Sinites on this team, Deacon Tremere. He will be the engineer who's going to help you in the process of trying to understand what we are finding here on Gravion Three. It is a pleasure to meet you, Templon Tex. I've heard many good things about you. Please, call me TL. TL, I think you'll be most intrigued by what we've found so far. I look forward to it. And you... I motion to Reggie and Marmaduke as if a nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. And they both nod. Reggie's like, nice to meet you too. And you see Marmaduke is like, it's a pleasure. As... The three of you begin to step through, and you begin to explain all the all the new things that you found through this whole ordeal. Invaz explains that the first thing that each of you, all well, you, as well as the three of them, are to do is to. To the surface to try to bring back a few, a few more things, perhaps maybe a, an actual life form in this in this ecosystem. But as you go and prepare yourself, gathering your gear for this mission, TL approaches you. So, Deacon, your team, are they, will they be joining us as well? Uh, I wasn't planning on it for this first expedition out, but if anybody's going to be joining us, it will be my close associate, Ephenra. She's had the most time to be able to study some of the other artifacts and uh, samples. That we've collected thus far. Very well, very well. All right. Well, I would like to meet this Ephenra. He he hasn't seemed like he hasn't met anyone. You guys have basically gone straight to the the, the lift, the lift, and it goes down, and it actually stops not on the floor with the laboratory, but it goes through to a hallway where it shows a bunch of different rooms. 
And Invaz says this is the armory where you can get you all your gear and, and get everything set, settled for making the trip down because it is a dangerous trek. We are just expecting hostile conditions. Yes. Prepare for the worst, but expect the best. Yes. As you, um, as you are preparing, you can pull out your codex to contact Fenra if you'd like. <laughs> you. What's up? Fenra, um, our team, uh, our expedition team has arrived, and I'd like you to meet us in the armory to gather some gear. You and I and the rest of them will be traveling to the surface. Oh, you, you want me to come? Yes, I would like you to accompany us. Uh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get everything situated. And after a few moments... See the door opens up to Ephenra, uh, kind of coming inside, looking around, and she spots you, and then she goes and walks over towards you, and you see Marmaduke kind of steps up, and as well as Reggie, they they both kind of like start to corner her a little bit uh, as as she walks towards you, and she looks over her shoulders, and then TL. Up. It's like, Fenra, I'd like to introduce you to our expedition team. This here is Reggie 12. Uh, we have Marmaduke, the big guy. And uh, he, he is quite big, yes. The, the lead pillar scientist here, TL. And TL's like, It is a pleasure to meet you. I am uh, TL, and. Hello? We are excited to go on this expedition to the surface of Cravion 3. Are you sure you don't want to, like, check out all the all the things that we found so far? I would like to get started on whatever the process is. I'm sure you already have all the data that you require. Once, uh, once we get back, then I'll ask for um, all the scans that you have acquired. Throughout your time cap. Okay, and she nods. It's like, all right, and yes, let's let's head down, shall we? Um, we need to take a a landing pod. And she goes over, and she's like, um, I'm not much of a pilot. And you see, Marmaduke comes up. He's like, I got this. And he he steps forward. He's like. What shall I be piloting? You will be piloting a, a landing pod to the surface. Um, you need to make sure that we avoid the field of the artifacts in the center. In, in the core, basically. Ah, yes. Uh, the artifacts that we... We got some information about it. A little bit, but not, not everything. This field, what, what happens when... It, you go through it. Let's just say you're not gonna be around for much for very long. And as you each kind of go like 
gather all the all the gear that you that is necessary. You reach the lift, go down, uh, go down a, a few flights, and then it opens up to the pod bay, where you see a large, what looks like a circular chamber with a bunch of different stations, and then you each kind of go up to one of the pods. It's like, um, I'm not sure if we're gonna all fit into one, so we might have to take two. Anyone else a good pilot? Are you a good pilot? I'm not the best pilot. (laughs) What? I can fly. Okay, I'll I'll go with you. Um. Very well. Is then you, you two, and then us three, and we'll go in the other pod. And they go into the other pod as you each kind of kind of get inside. Um, it's pretty. It it's spacious enough for the two of you to be, to be inside. Uh, I'd like you to roll me a piloting check. This thing started. And you see she begins to uh, send over co- uh, coordinates to the other pod. And then she goes for a navigation. What'd you get? 22. Ooh, yes. You begin to ship detaches the pod detaches from from its hangar and then you see as you begin to fly down the other pod detaches as well and begins to follow suit and you do begin to see this almost like this glimmer across the center of Cravion 3 where you see the artifacts all orbiting around each other glimmer you can tell is the field that the artifacts hold and you begin to fly around it so the field is observable yes it is observable with uh, your um, naked eye eye. as you begin to fly down she turns on the systems and you begin to see a bunch like just arrays of colors going through the entire world and as she looks over at you, she's like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah, would you mind scanning for any sort of possible movement below us? Yes, of course. And electrical activity. See, she begins to make uh, planetary scans uh, all uh, like underneath you as you, re- as you approach the coordinates in question. You begin to see the the towering structures on on the surface. Um, they're getting closer, and and you're gonna have to maneuver through them. But you do see on the scans. The scans begin to show on the radar that there are different frequencies beginning to emit from the surface. And as you closely approach the towering structures these are large pillars of some kind and as she does scans sweeping scans across them they seem to be hollow from within like there are potential chambers that could be explored but they they easily um, 
seem constructed. They they seem or made. Yes. By yeah. a by something. You're not sure. But unnatural causes. Yes. They almost they almost look like skyscrapers. Buildings. Um, but no windows to them. No no apparent openings, no doors. No exterior markings. Uh, the exterior almost looks like a uh, an acrylic kind of metallic structure, separate from the flora and the rest of the city. They, it, it, it looks it looks vi- like, like almost identical to how how the obelisks look. Oh, yeah. And as you begin to maneuver th- between them, you reach. A, a landing point where you see it almost looks like a, a large a large uh, uh, hex- hexagonal platform that is elevated probably about five feet off the surface what it's already established this landing spot and constructed for for us specifically it doesn't look like it was like you guys constructed it. It looks like the same, the same text texture as everything surrounding the world. Oh, okay. almost like this was originally a landing spot for other things, for other ships possibly. But you, 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 the two pods are able to land in the same in the same place, and you the doors begin to open up. Open up. I forget. Are we able to breathe in this environment? Uh, you are. Am I able to breathe in here, or do I need to wear in full environmental? Gear? You need environmental gear inside here. You have environmental gear, right? I do not. And if, and if you don't, if you down, but it, I figured I you you, you would have gotten an environmental pack from the armory. And that will last uh, for five hours. Oh. But I have, I have a way to tell time and kind of give me um. Yeah. A notification if you know we're you can like put, put an alarm set an alarm on your codex <clears throat> as you do so you head out and you see the <laughs> all of you begin to walk out and you there's these energy frequencies kind of flowing through this space Tio walks up to you. This is interesting. Like nothing we've ever seen before. Indeed. So, let's I, proceed with caution. I guess exploration is at hand. As you. Discovery is underway. 
as you begin to explore this the surface of the world, I like you to roll me a survival and perception. Uh, I do believe you have survival because you are a prime, which is a knowledge. you probably didn't write down. <laughs> he uses will. Survival first. That one rolled and spiraled a little bit. <laughs> so that would be 15 for the survival check. Alright. Oh! <laughs> Perception will be <laughs> nine. Nine. Gotta roll a few perception checks on their ends and Very many high rolls. We're all too intrigued by the new environment. Everyone's beginning to like a walk through. Uh, you, you don't hear anything in particular except for the energy, kind of chan- channeling through all the all the objects around you, but. You do notice some similar structures, almost like whatever this city was, it is made in the same, in a similar fashion to that of like a a normal, a normal city would be. And you go over to all signs of what used to be a civilization. Yeah. And you begin to like kind of walk through all the different alleys, the streets. And every now and then you'll see the co- the colors of the pillars will kind of shift, and it will be a a very a very a very gradual shift as the color would be would go up uh, diagonally upwards, and um, it would shift from like green to red. And then it would shift to like from from red to yellow, and you see it as it shifts through. Uh, you you feel that your your actual environmental pack is picking up signs of radiation when it shifts to yellow. And when that happens, you hear Fenra say, "We need to make sure that we don't get close when it turns yellow." All right. Um, or orange, or any any of you know. Just just be careful about touching things. Does it seem reactionary to to our movement, or is it no? Okay. It's just happening naturally. It, yeah, it's just happening naturally. And as you continue to move forward, you find a little outcove. Um, you've been probably traveling now, like over, looking around the place haven't found much in anything anything new you have seen some uh some patches of a flora that 
almost look like hedges. Uh, like they've, like they're not not like they're not natural, but they're completely cut and and like completely fine. They're not they're not spreading out or anything like that. Um, they look tended to. They look tended to. And you also will see the occasional obelisk that uh, kind of illuminates a, a certain color, like a, a, a greenish color, and it kind of it is a very, very bright. It's a very, very bright. Um, what, what, what is it? A like a, an illuminating aura that completely illuminates the street so you can see what is going on around you. And then... I'm sorry, there's technically no sunlight in here. No. So what gives what gives us illumination other than the constant auras, you know, it's that just are the, naturally occurring? They're, they're just, just the auras. Okay. But yeah. is that illuminating enough yes okay. yeah it, it's very bright because everything's like close-knit the streets are probably only about like probably probably about like 20 feet across so they're, they're not they're not super far like uh they're, they're not like su- like super big streets they're very very narrow and they're all they're all almost feel like alleyways to you Um, as you sit there and, well, you're not, you're not sitting there. You're kind of walking around searching your, uh, you see TL has, has a codex out scanning certain things. And then you see, he, he goes over and it's like, um, for the two of you, if you would like, and he pulls out two codexes from what well, looks like his side, but they kind of like materialize from his side, and he and he pull, he hands them to you. For you, thank you. A gift. They they are TL codexes, and they are they are my creation. Oh, yes. Any nods? What kind of extra features is yours? Well, actually, uh, all the features. Basically, they, I have, I have partnered with the sages of the archive on Vicronix to allow for us to access all information found within the archive. Impressive. So, anything we find here will be strung straight to the archive of Vicronix. Of Iconix. and you see, you see, uh, see Fenra looks over. It's like, really? So we can like literally just go through the entire archive on on these codexes? Exactly. You may try it if you like, but um, for now it, it has a state of the art scanning material, so you can actually scan information or even just put on the scans from your original codex put them on to this one and then 
they'll be able to read everything faster. Okay. And she's like, okay. And you see her take her codex and tap it to the TL codex. And you see the, the TL kind of begins to uh, take in all, all her information. And then you see it, and she begins to use it to scan. It's like, wow, interesting. And as you guys begin to look around, you suddenly hear this strange noise. And it gets louder. You guys hear that? Yeah. What is that? And then suddenly it stops. Can I scan for the origination of the audio? You go and check your scans, and as that happens, I'd like you to roll me a dodge check. As suddenly, a <laughs> dodge, please roll me a dodge. As suddenly, a 20. huge, massive explosion <laughs> goes straight in front of all of you. So you got a 20, he said? A 20, and I need to roll dodges for them. Oh my gosh! That was three failures, one success. Um. Twelve. Seventeen, nineteen. Uh, you take. You take eight points to your health. It ignores armor rating. But what's your armor hits? Uh, armor hits. What is it? Eight. Eight. Uh, so I still take eight points. No, you actually don't take any any points of damage. Oh. As your armor uh, is able to front the the flames of this explosion right in front of you. You jump back and then you see a large step out of the flames and it looks like some kind of robotic organism. Almost like like a sin. But it didn't come up on any scans? It doesn't. It didn't come up on any scans and it looks almost it, it, it looks humanoid in some way but it has the same exact texture as everything surrounding it 
can I take scans of it now? Uh, I'd like you to roll me initiative first. <laughs> As they... Gonna have to roll for initiative as well. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well, uh, add your agility. 21. 21, okay. As okay, so that's uh, so 21. Let me write this down 21. You or me? I'm writing it down 21 for Deacon. I like the song. I added it today. <laughs> 21 for Deacon TL. Got a 16 TL. Marmaduke got a 19. Reggie got a 12 hand Fenra got a whopping 6 and this thing got a Sixteen. Okay. Deacon, you go first. Nice. Dude, this this is a good song, I like it. <laughs> go ahead. How close am I to it? Uh you are about twenty feet away from it. Okay. Well since I'm not too close to it, I'll take a few steps back while I attempt to make a, a scan. Okay. On my codex. Or pictures. Just gathering more information about this before I actually defend myself. Okay. Doing so will make you vulnerable to an attack. Because you're pulling out a scan and you're, and you're checking it out. So it, it can attack you. Okay. Maybe we just spend some stamina to attack you. Okay. Alright, I would like you to roll me another dodge check. Okay. Twenty-three. Twenty-three? Yeah. You are able to, as you begin to activate the scans of of this creature of some kind, you see it lift up its hand, and then a uh, this yellow this yellow aura begins to highlight across its arm, and then you see it charge particles, and then a beam. Extends straight towards you as you spin around as the beam hits hits uh, like the, the the ground and you see it doesn't cause any kind of crater to to occur but you see it they the yellow aura begins to 
extend across the ground and across the pillars around you. Um, as you do so, it does have an effect. For everyone else, as they have to jump around, I, uh, you are able to kind of ju- jump around and it, it, it completely misses you. But everyone else has to make some dodge checks. Okay, okay, okay. They are all able to successfully dodge out of the way. As you see them jump into the area where the yellow has, hasn't, like, d- didn't appear. And you see it almost looks like a V from like right, right where you are at. Where uh, the yellow is actually going around your your area like a cone, straight straight out. And as that happens, you are able to successfully get the scan, and you see it is some kind of life form uh, that hasn't it, it has all the same properties as the Cravion objects that you found, but. You see its coloration is changing. And it al- it's almost as if this life form is actually changing the surrounding environment to suit it. Mm, home turf advantage. And as that happens, what are you going to do? You have two forms uh, that used up all of your... All that, that used up your uh, either one mo- one maneuver or your movement which one would it be um, you have two maneuvers per turn so pulling out my codex and using it was two maneuvers was was it would have been one maneuver or your all your movement to do that um, i figured that would have been my movement okay um so are you going to make any any attacks or or yeah, just if more? i still have a maneuver i'm going to um if i didn't already have it out and I pull out my Hadron Blaster and use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that would be a form. So you have two forms to use. Yeah. I'm going to use my Hadron Blaster. Okay. And do you want to use has the, any effect. Do you want to use the function on it? Which is pulse function I believe, right? Yeah. I uh, do have a pulse function. Which that uses a maneuver. So you have you do have one more maneuver. Oh yes, you use your movement. So you have two maneuvers. Okay. Okay. So you want to activate the pulse function? Yeah, see, I want to see what effect it has on this. Okay, so you activate the pulse function and you fire off a shot using one maneuver in one form. Go ahead. <laughs> a critical? Critical. Um, that would be... it's like 26. 26? You're able to fire off the shot. I'd like you to roll your damage. It is 3d8 kinetic damage. Plus your uh, your light range form bonus. Oh, is that a bad roll? Oh. One, two, one. That's five. Okay. So, so five plus five, ten? No, it'd be... Four plus five would be nine. Uh, God. Nine points of kinetic damage. That that sucks. Three we're only three D eight. <laughs> but you 
you fire it off and it goes straight into into its chest and you see it kind of it it seems to almost create this barrier of some kind in front of it and it uh, goes all around like all all, all around the, like the, the connect energy just just disperses away away from this this creature and and as that happens you see it 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 begins to kind of shake a little bit and you you can tell it definitely got damaged in some way and and it's struggling to to figure out what's going on as that happens uh you do have one more form that you can use you want to fire again can't use my ability. Which which ability do you? Can I use a kinetic beam? Yes, you can. Okay. I want I want to do that instead. Um. So you have the ion state, so it would be ion kinetics. Okay. Meaning electric energy. Yeah. 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 Based on what I know about this <laughs> environment, electric energy should have some effect. Some effect. It'll be, uh, you don't know what kind of effect it's going to have. I'm kind of hoping it'll disintegrate the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and try it out. All right, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay. Go ahead and roll a uh, the, fa- the power form. Oh, it uses intellect, right? Yes. Okay. Which should be your highest, right? It is. Okay. So... 10 plus 3 and intellect so I'm at 24 how much energy were you using for that uh it's a rank 3 so it'd be uh 5 10 15 15 15 yeah okay so you spent 15 energy on it and you go uh, what was it 20 23 you said 24 24 You are able to blast right straight out, out at it as you see it. The arcs of energy create this plasma energy, straight, just like how it used its its own energy. You do the same exact thing straight at it. Uh, I I would like you to roll me three d eight plus your. Eleven. Eleven, yeah. As you shock straight out toward it, it hits it straight in the chest, and it looks down as, and you see its body begins to contort a little bit, and I need to roll check. You see it, it. You see, uh, its entire body begins to contort, and then it shifts into what looks like an obelisk. And they all look, look, look around 
at you. As it, literally, like within like a span of like a few seconds, the because thing just <laughs> fired off at you. You you spun around, scanned it, and then uh, shot it with 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 a uh, with a pulse with the pulse function, and then you use your other hand to blast it. And they just like look at you, and then it it's an obelisk now, in the center of his of the space, and you see it is. Radiating this yellow aura, how, how profusely like like it's it's bright. Okay, well it's bright, but is it spreading? Um, or is it localized to its? It seems to be spreading out to the other pillars a bit more, and it it's going gradually up the pillars, but it's, it's not moving towards us. Just you up. feel like it will it will eventually get to you. This whatever this this aura is, but it's continuing to move towards you. Okay, I'm gonna and Ephenera is like, okay, uh, I, I guess everybody. We can... I think we should move back. Okay, back again and to this sh- the ship. <laughs> that you you each all got, begin to move backwards, and Ephenera, and you you see Tio is like, uh, I think we should go down another pathway, not not. Back to the ship. Let's let's probably go down another alley, somewhere where we won't be attacked by something like that. But good work on your part. Okay, I trust that you know what you're doing. But lead us away from obviously the yellow aura that's irradiating everything. Fenrir is like, I I can probably plot out a path for us. Okay, I continue to like take scans as if like I'm just recording all the data yeah. that's taking place. Yeah, and and you, as you're continuing to take the scans, you see the the yellow aura is continuing to expand out, um, and it's encompassing the entire like the entire alleyway that you were just on. And you guys go down, and you see what looks like a um, two more alleyways going down uh, to the right and left of you. As Tio is like, let's go down this path. Uh, he points to the to the left path, and he begins to walk down that way. Fenra is trying to make plot out a path for you guys, and and also is is making sure that she can uh, she knows where how to get back. I was going to get say, back to, this, to the pods. I was, yeah, kind of <laughs> hoping that she would keep our uh, location data uh, handy so we'd be able to track our way back very quickly if we need to. Hence the, you know, whole hostile area that we're in. Yeah. Um, as you continue to move that way, uh, you also hear again. Sounds what what sounds like a uh, the, the same thing the same thing from before. And it continues to happen and Tio looks around and is like <sighs> another one? Yeah, it seems like it. And then it all stops. And then you hear 
coming from all around the pillars, uh, like everywhere, like with down this hall, uh, the, this alleyway. It looks like from the walls of the of the pillars, these blue lights begin to radiate, and then stepping out of them are four more of these things. Four of them, and they. Look towards you. You. Have they surrounded us? Like, is there a perimeter? Uh, no. It looks like they're they're ahead, probably about like thirty feet ahead of of you guys. Um, but they all look straight towards you. Their face, uh, their faces are kind of indented a little bit, and they all their heads are obviously looking straight at you. You alone. They seem to be perceptive of me. Yes. <laughs> uh, and everyone looks towards you. <laughs> okay, TL. When do you think we should start heading back? Because I'm getting a feeling this is no longer safe in a secure environment for us. And he's like, I think we should study them. Oh, yeah. Get closer and examine them. Sure. And... If you want to escape with your life, I think it's time for us to go. Can you speak Psyox to them? Speaking Psyox isn't necessarily like... I mean, yeah, I can try. You see, he steps up. Steps forward. But they seem to be focusing on, on you. And then you hear... Coming from TL? Mm-hmm. And then they begin to all step into uh, a line and walk in unison straight forward, still looking at you. And they're all blue at this point, creating this blue aura. And Tio kind of takes a step back. And then he's like, Will you allow me to uh, do my my thing? And he looks at you. He's like, You're not going to attack or anything. Unless they attack first. Alright. And you see, he puts his hand out. And as he puts his hand out, uh, a bright white light shines from his hand. And then you see this strange code begins to envelop the surrounding reality. And then it envelops these four figures. They're not threatened by that. Four... Uh, I need two of... I need the two, uh... D12. Thank you. Cool. So 20... 30... 
Nope. Okay. As this happens, you see this energy, this this bright white energy, begin to envelop these four creatures, and then they begin to dematerialize right in front of you. And he puts his hands down, his hand down. All right, let's continue moving forward. Fenrir looks over and is like, what, what was that? Uh, it is the conduit. And he begins to move forward along with Marmaduke and Reggie. And Fenrir steps up to you and is like, I, I guess he can actually handle himself if he'd be What do you think he did to them? You saw they they completely dematerialized. Like, gone. Vanished. Uh, he seems to know what he's doing. Alright. You continue to scan the surrounding environment. As you scan the environment... you suddenly notice like more of that blue aura starting to appear you haven't seen much of it except for when it comes from the the flora usually but that usually is a sign of some kind of electric current flowing through things and it is happening constantly the further the further inland you you move as you scan the environment you hear a and TL looks over along with you and you see it looks like a uh, the the wall on one of the pillars is starting to kind of shimmer a little bit. Shimmer with the blue aura. Yeah. It almost looks like you're able to see past it for a second. Feel is like. Looks like we might be able to go inside. Any motions after you? After me? You don't want to see what's what's inside there? I, uh, I put my hand against what I would think is the structure, and it goes through. It. Yeah, it does go through. And as it goes through, you see it the shimmering stops and it's completely open. To a hollow inside? To a hollow inside. How big is the opening? The opening is probably about uh, seven feet high. Also plenty big enough for all of us. Mm -hmm. 
then yeah, I continue forward. You continue moving forward. Cautiously looking around me. You all observing as much as I can. Walk through and you see it the 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 wall behind you shimmers back and it goes closed. And it is pitch black dark in here. Can I touch right behind me the wall that we were just that gone we had gone through? You touch it. And it's solid? It's solid. And Tio's like So uh, how do we uh get out of here? Hmm. I turn on any lights that I have. I assume you, that my environmental pack has some sort of You yeah, you can turn on a on a light um on, on your on your pack and you also see uh Reggie turns on lights on his on his system and you see it basically illuminates probably about like 30 feet ahead in a general circle yeah okay and you see T.L. is like thank you sir and Reggie nods and then as you're looking around this area Ephenera gets closer to you and she's like um do you think they opened it for us and I don't I don't know if they're intelligent whatever these things are well they went from being hostile to not attacking us let's let's continue on to see what else we can figure out What's the floor like? The full the floor as you look is at it, it similar it's, to where it's, like outside. Everything is similar. Okay, all the textures. Okay, they similar. So even inside the structures, it's it's similar to. But it's not radiating any aura. This time, nothing. Nothing. Just black. Just black. You know. All right, TL. Which direction now? I guess we go straight. I don't see any stairs or anything. It's not a hallway, right? It's no, it's completely like it, it looks like it's just a straight floor that goes into darkness ahead of you. We're on a different plane. <laughs> All right. And you? How much of time has elapsed since you left the pod? Hmm? Uh, probably about at this point. Probably about 45 minutes or so. Okay. But as you begin to move forward through this plane, you do see what looks like another... It looks more like an indentation into the ground with a hexagonal platform. Like the platform where you guys landed your pods, but it's indented rather than uh, elevated. And it is... It's pretty wide. And you all kind of step down into it. As you step down into it, you feel it begins to lift up. As you as you each kind of like hold yourselves together, it lifts up. And then all of a sudden you see a, a blue aura begin to illuminate the surroundings. 
you begin to see all around you is just the, the blue aura in this what looks like a cylindrical chamber that goes all the way up until you can't see anymore. And then you hear a rumbling sound. And TL looks over towards his two, Reggie and Marmaduke, and like, did you get that? And they both kind of nod, confused a little bit, curious. And Fenra's like, what was it? It sounded like Psyox, but different. How, how so? Like, like a different dialect of, of some kind? Something like that. It's using a different... line of code, I, I suppose. But as it... It has this blue aura. You see... In the center... Lowering is some kind of weird distortion in in space. It looks like the ceiling is beginning to collapse in on itself. And as it collapses in, you do see what looks like an orb of some kind begin to lower. And all, all of you kind of step back away from it. As this orb lowers, you hear in your head the sound of your brother's voice, who you haven't seen in almost a decade Deacon what brings you here your closest blood-related relative to communicate with you. Are you the orb? I am. And as you look over towards everyone, everyone's kind of looking over towards you. Does they hear me talk? No. You're, this is in my head. This is in your head, but they look 
confused too, and then they all kind of look straight at the orb. Almost mesmerized by it, just like you. Is it you alone? Your presence? Or are I, there others? There are others. Deacon, why have you come? To learn more about the energy emanating from the core of this planet. We mean you no harm. To learn about our creator. Yes, we all strive to learn about what created us what started this universe to gain a better understanding to leave for future generations but more specifically on Kravion 3 as we call it we've we've observed a power sustainable and reliable that powers this whole system of planets mainly emanating from this place. Are you part of the original inhabitants here? No. What are you? A function of my creator. Are you designed to protect this place? I am designed to commune. Is this your only function? Yes. What may I call you? Cravion. Cravion. Do you know who created you? Cravion. Are we free to come and go as we please to continue to learn more about you, Cravion? Cannot say other aspects. Cannot commune unless near. Near this. this structure? Or near you, the orb? Near the structure. come to learn yes we only seek more knowledge you are not deceitful 
there's no reason to be. I warn you. The one you call Templontex Marmaduke 18 Reggie 12 They are deceitful. If this is true you must tell me how you know. Marmaduke 18, Reggie 12. They have weak minds. They are following TL to create a new, a new, a new. A new what? Function unknown. A function relating to destruction? Unknown. TL's network complex. Are you able to commune with any others? Only when near. I will heed your warning and possibly learn about their motives here. I will do what I can. So you're not the voice that I originally heard upon entering this... the core. Voice you heard. What? What did you hear? A similar statement that the others have heard as they passed through the field, entering the core. A shattering light for a new age. Something of shattering light for a new age. A new. A new. A new age. You. 
could only assume it was the dawn of a new era based on the information and knowledge that we would find here. But I see we must be cautious with whom we share that knowledge with. Connected. We all are. To the one we call Creator. see the orb begins to lift up and everything begins to go back to black to darkness and everyone shakes their heads you see t hell is the only one that doesn't shake his head and looks over and he looks at you i look at Ephenra. Ephenra is just like that was so weird. What happened? And then you hear a... And you look over and you see that shimmering again. But it's like literally like five feet from you. Like here next to the door. I walk towards it. You walk towards it and you exit out. Are we back in the same spot we had originated? Yes. Fenra, were you able to, to scan? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get any scans. What did you experience? I heard my... I heard my mother. But she told me... She asked me why I was here. I think it was the it, it was the orb, and DL is, looks over and he comes up and is like, "Quite the experience, huh?" I was able to get a few scans. Marmaduke. Hmm. Did you hear a voice? Indeed, I did. And you, Reggie? Yes. Templantex. I mean, TL. Were you? I definitely heard the voice. Yes. Did you communicate as well? Hmm. Did you find out anything? I found out that the life on this world. is its function serves whatever that thing is up there and he looks up to the artifacts orbiting in the center perhaps going through each of these pillars and speaking to each one 
could prove useful to understanding what is up there. I was met with also very little answers. Really? Except for the creator. I believe the creator refers to whatever that thing is. Or perhaps it was whoever placed those things there. And he points up at the artifacts. Shall we return to our pods? I think so. That concludes our, our expedition for today. Mm-hmm. You head back. As you head back and you watch Reggie, Marmaduke, and T.L. walking ahead of you, you can't help but feel like this sensation coming off of them, specifically from T.L. Like, maybe he knows more than what he's letting on. As you reach back to the pods, nothing else out of the ordinary appears. You enter inside and lift back up to the hangars and return to the laboratory where you and TL have your own space to work alongside each other because you two are the engineers trying to study aspects of whatever Cravion holds. And as you sit there, you suddenly get a on your your codex. And you see your brother is contacting you. And that's where we will end this session. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for listening to this session. The final entry in the Deacon Tremere trilogy will come next week, but that won't be the end of his story, nor will it be the end of the Tremere's. A lot is coming in the future for the anthologies, and I look forward to sharing it all with you. If you are just now joining the anthology, check out ArthadianAnthologies.com for more content that expands this new expanding universe. You can also support the creation of this podcast by donating through the link found in the description of this episode. Until next time, travelers, be safe, stay safe, and if death comes to you, you be reborn in power.